through that type of adversity. You got pregnant at 17, and, and you didn't write a book about it. You didn't do a movie about it. Like you didn't get nothing from it. So for me, I kind of look at it as, why would I go through all that I've gone through and not benefit from it, not get a reward from it? So every single adversity that I go through, I name it. Go to my website, www.boldbossyblessed.com and use discount code BBBpodcast to get a discount on this week's featured ebook, Supercharged Productivity, where you'll learn how to increase productivity in your life and your business by 20%. Welcome to the Bold, Bossy, and Blessed Podcast. I'm your host, Nakisa Green, your conversationalist, where you can join me weekly as I discuss and share parenting, dating, and relationships one conversation at a time. Now let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it, y'all. What's up? I am Nakisa Green, your favorite conversationalist and host of Bold, Bossy, and Blessed podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the listeners that have been tuned in to season two. I am so excited. Last episode, we talked about an amazing phone conversation that I had with the one and only Eric Thomas, and we played it on the episode. So if you have not checked that episode out, please click the link in my bio Please follow me on social media at Nikisa Green and listen to that episode. On that phone call, Eric Thomas basically laid out the plan as far as how you deal with adversity, which was what the question was that I asked him. And he even, like he said on the call, like, I don't want to give too much because I want you all to go and listen to it. But he helped me to learn how to deal with adversity. He helped me to understand that the plan that God had given me was he confirmed the plan that God had given me that I did need to go ahead and write the book about my life journey, having triplets at 17 and all of the adversity that I've been through from having a three babies at one time at a very young age. So please check out that episode. I was so excited because when I posted a soundbite from the episode, I tagged him in my Insta story. And he replied with the praying hands, y'all. I was so excited. Like, I don't even need words. It's just the fact that you responded to my Insta story about the tag. And then I told him, I said, I just want to, I said, I want to just want to say, I thank God for you. And then he, re- he responded and said he was humble. Y'all. Now I was, man, I, that, that right there was just everything. Cause to me, it's like everything has come full circle. Like that conversation that I had with him was like nine or so years ago. It was a very long time. And I am now just releasing this book in 2023. So everything has come full circle in God's timing, just how he wrote the story. So I am very excited about that. So let's get into today's episode. So I was supposed to be having my 16-year-old daughter on the show. So I have my triplets who are 27, and I also have a 16-year-old. Yes, they are 11 years apart. Yes. 
So my 16 year old woke up with a headache. I woke up with a headache, but she's not here. She chose to just roll over and just deal with her headache. And that's fine because thank God have a producer for my show now. And because of that, he was able to help me pivot and also be today's guest as we discuss parenting. So the person that I have today as my guest is a producer. He's a writer. He's a director, and he is the president of iDream Media. But above all of that, he is a father. So we're going to hone in into fatherhood today. We're going to hone in into parenting, and we're going to do some discussing about raising children, especially when they are in their adolescence age. So I want to introduce to my podcast, Bo Bossy and Bless, Javon Martin. Hi, Nikisa. It's an honor to be here with you today. It's a great show. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate the last minute, the very last minute <laughs> agreeance to being on the show. I'm so happy to have you here. He is also, we also um, host a podcast, his podcast called At Relationship Hotspot. So he's also my co-host on that as well. And today he's on my show. So I'm very excited to have him because now I get to ask him questions, and he is going to be in the hot seat as well. So I just want to just talk about parenting and how parenting has been for you. I know when I first met you back in 2019, you had uh, all three of your kids were living with you, and you were navigating being able to work and also pick your kids up from school. They had different sports that they were in. Can you just um, give us a little background about how you got to that point? And if you are single, married, divorced, you know, give, a, give the viewers a little bit more about that. So as Nikisa stated, I'm Javon Martin, father of three. Uh, that's the most important title that I own. And when we first met, I was divorced. I had all three of my kids mm -hmm. um, by the order that we agreed upon. And it was definitely a challenge. So right now my kids are, I have a 19-year-old girl, mm -hmm. I have a 16-year-old boy, and a 9-year-old girl. So when you talk about that age gap in there, who decides after 11 years to have mm -hmm. a, another kid exactly. after having triplets? <laughs> right. Who decides to have another kid after, you know, what, that 16 and 9? That, that age gap was enough. <laughs> but, um, so I commend you on the 11 years. That's, that's impressive. But uh, the single parenting is a challenge, and co-parenting is a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, being the father of teenagers, a teenage girl at the time uh, was a definite challenge. But as you pivoted on your show today, you pivot as a parent, you know? Right. And That's it's what a, we do. It's what we do. We, there is no rollover as a parent. You, you get up, and you figure it out, and you pivot, and so... It's, it's definitely a challenge. And teenagers, I mean, ooh-wee. You know, you, those terrible twos are one thing, but those terrible teens is something else. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about your 19-year-old yes. because she's, the, she's your oldest child. Mm -hmm. um, how was that like when she was going up into the part? Did you have her when she started her cycle? Um, and thinking back, About so we, 12, got divorced, we got divorced in 2017. Um, so that was, 
how many years ago? We're in 2023, so we're going to do six. math and say six. six. Mm -hmm. She's 19 now, 13 then. Am I doing good math? Okay, yes. So, um, yep, she was, if she doesn't mind me talking about her cycle, uh, she was well into her cycle. I think she started um, pretty early on. Okay. But uh, that challenge, it, those hormones still rage mm -hmm. at that age. Yeah, 13. that's when it starts. Oh, my that's goodness. That's when it starts. <laughs> that's, that's when it feels like it's in full-fledged mode at that point. Yeah, I think, I think. For me, having three girls at one time and having to deal with that at the same time. Were they consistent? Like, were they always yeah, at the same time? Yeah, it was, I mean, I was talking about the initial start. Like, mm -hmm. when they initially started their cycle, it was, like, right behind each other. And even when they get sick, like, one would get sick, and then the ne next one, and the, the, the next one would get sick. So, that like, that's always been, but... With their, what I was going to say, with their initial start of their cycle, it was all like back to back. Mm. Um, what I wanted to ask you though, with the with the nineteen year old, was how was that transition for her, as you and your ex wife were divorcing, and then they came, your kids came to live with you at that moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, how was that transition for the oldest child? For the oldest, I think it was probably the roughest. Yeah. Because the baby girl really didn't know what was going mm -hmm. on. My son is just like, you know, so cool, laid back, whatever. Mm -hmm, yeah. But the teenager, because all she knows is her parents, mm -hmm. you know, being together. And, you know, we moved from Illinois to Atlanta, from Atlanta okay. to here. So now I remember the day when I told her that we were getting a divorce. And she cried mm -hmm. and she held me tight and was wondering what the next phase was going to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Um, that she has to choose who she's gonna live with, and we Aww. said, "No, baby, we we made that decision for you." Yeah. Um. And but you're still see your mom, and mm -hmm. uh, I was blessed that her mom was as active as she could be mm -hmm. during that time. Okay. So we were able to make sure that it didn't feel like such a sh sharp transition. Yeah. So it wasn't a we're together, and then the next day you don't see your mother at all, right. except yeah. on weekends. Mm -hmm. So we had a very open um, arrangement to where the mom could come by anytime she wanted to, could pick them up anytime she wanted to, could keep them as long as she wanted to, so that it wouldn't be so hard yeah. for her. Um, me and my daughter had a conversation um, maybe a couple of months back where she shared with me exactly what she was feeling during that time. Okay. So what I'm thinking is, because we're just co-parenting at, at such a great level mm -hmm. that everything must be fine right. for her. Yep. Yeah. And she told me, no, Dad, it was, it was miserable. It yeah. was horrible for me because um, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know who I could trust and who I yeah. could count on. And as much as we tried to make it comfortable for her, it just wasn't. There right. was nothing we were going to be able to do to help her with the fact that her parents were no longer together. Yeah. And that she was going to be bouncing between households, that she was going to be transitioning schools and leaving friends that she had gotten to know since her move here to, to Dallas, to the Dallas area. So that was kind of heartbreaking for me. Okay. Because you're thinking you're just, you know, superheroing it. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say that that reminds me of something that I went through recently with my 16-year-old going into junior year is that I thought that because I raised triplets that I was just like, I knew all the answers. Mm -hmm. Like I've been like you, like there's nothing that can happen with parenting. 
that I will know how to pivot and understand and get through because I raised triplets. That's and you not, it all, right? And not just triplets. <laughs> I thought I seen it all. And not just triplets, but three girls. So yeah. I'm like, if I raise three girls, like, I'm good. Like, this one, one child... I said, it's going to be a piece of cake, right? So I'm like, and I'm going through life, like, and it, like it, I mean, it kind of was a little bit, you know, with her. Um, we moved here about six years ago to Texas, and she was at the end of her fifth year in school, and so she transitioned here with me, and it was just going so great. And then the transition came where she, you know, began adolescent age and, you know, the whole cycle thing. And there were some changes in her, but she still was my baby girl, you know. So as we moved on and she went into high school, I think that's when I started to see more changes because now she's around other students. So freshman year, we were virtual because COVID was happening. So she didn't feel it that much. She was at home doing the school online. So it was probably sophomore year where she got to, got to be exposed to the other high school students. And the school that she was going to, it was just freshman and sophomore. Mm -hmm. So she was a sophomore when she went in, so she was the oldest. So she didn't have to deal with the bullying. I don't know if like mm. you, if you remember like in high school, like the, the, the higher grades would like bully you and yeah. throw pennies at you and just treat you really bad because you was a freshman or in the lower grade. She didn't have to go through that. And I kind of was like, mm, how's she going to, you know, learn? N not that I wanted her to be bullied, but I wanted her to understand that life is not all peaches and roses. Right. So I wanted, I did want her to have like real life experiences, but I, of course, did not want her to go through the things that I went to, through when I was growing up. Yeah. I will say that when she went into junior year, that the experiences that I started to experience in junior year caused me to go to the library and start getting <laughs> some books about parenting because I realized that I don't know everything yeah. and that life has changed as far as like where we're at as an economy and as a people, as a culture, like it's just not the same as it was when I was raising my triplets. And I had mm -hmm. to come to that realization so that I could be present for her, which is something I want to also hone into about being present when kids become adolescents. I think that's one of the periods that parents get kind of absent when mm -hmm. their kids reach that age because, like you said, their hormones are raging. Mm -hmm. They're reaching that turning point. But that experience are, is raising them to, for, for the daughters, is raising them to go into womanhood. Yeah. And their high school years is preparing them for the real world. So the mistakes that they make during high school it's better, and this is my opinion, it's better for them to make it while they're in the house where you can guide them through it, as opposed to when they get out into the real world and experience and they don't know what to do. Right. So there are some things that we can get, you know, guide them through. And I mean, there were some things that, like right now with teenagers, I mean, I guess drugs have always been in school, but there's vaping, there's weed smoking, like, these like these like she has come home and and told me all type of stories about like other kids like doing these like high drugs like cocaine and yeah. it's and it's 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 sad um i would say yeah. it's sad so um like my i thank god and my daughter still have it like that she has not and will not you know engage in that and yes i am speaking that that she will not but 
um, there were some things that I was like, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? Like, at this point, I don't feel like I'm being a good parent because I'm doing everything that I know how to do. And she's still like doing stuff that I told her not to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I get that, you know, as a teenager, you do, you will do some things that your parents told you not to do, but I didn't understand like how we got there. Cause I'm like, this is my baby girl. Mm-hmm. Like I had no issues with her. I didn't have to whoop her when I was like, when she was coming up because you know, she was just a good kid. Like, so when she got into high school, it was just like, it's just Junior year just was different because now she's in a much bigger high school and the high school that she's in is like a college campus high school. So you got building A over here, building D all the way down there and her trying to navigate through that and then having the freedom of having lunch off campus. So then now you're coming back from lunch late or missing or skipping. So it was those challenges. and friends, like the friends, um, the influence of friends. What are some challenges that you feel like your two oldest kids had to deal with in high school? And I'll, well, I have a, a part two to that question, but I get to that after. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is, is the social media because oh, I'm yes. so grateful yes, that I only had my space <laughs> and I only had my 20 friends <laughs> and it was cool. Now with oh, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, TikTok yes. I could not imagine. <laughs> and yep. the other thing is that they have free access to phones. Yes. You know, I had mm-hmm. a data plan mm-hmm. and text messaging. <laughs> I, I could get 500 text messages and I thought I was killing it at that point <laughs> with my silver razor. And I remember my pager back in the yep. day. But now you have iPhone 14s with, yeah. the, with the great cameras. Mm-hmm. And so now you can say, do whatever, whenever, however, with pristine precision. Yeah. I couldn't true. imagine having those. That that is difficult. That that's up. a that's something else that I I didn't mention yet, but social media yeah. definitely is not. It's just to me, it's not good for teenagers. Mm-hmm. It, it makes everything worse. And it makes everything seem so glorious for mm-hmm. those who are those influencers, yeah. right? So now I've got this teenage. Um, so my daughter, for instance, she's. Uh, at the impressionable age and she's seeing these yeah. people on these social medias mm-hmm. that have this glamorous lifestyle and it just seems like they're having so much fun Dad, why can't I have fun like that right well you can't do those things baby well but they're doing it and right. they're getting away with it they seem to be um, enjoying them, themselves so maybe I'll just see what that life is like yeah and that's definitely a challenge and especially with the teen stars too and yeah. beyond the influencers but like I didn't know what Wester was doing in his personal life, you know, you don't know. What right, right, okay. right. Because we didn't have, we didn't have yes. social media like that, so no we didn't idea. know what people were doing no when we watched these shows. But now mm-hmm. it's just, it's just all over. Right. And they're doing some crazy, like the craziest things that you could ever imagine, and it, they're doing it in plain sight, and mm-hmm. it's being, um, it's being looked at as it's, as if it's something to look forward to doing yourself, yeah. and it's like probably like one of the most horrible things that people are doing. So when your teenager was getting into that higher age of junior, senior year, and just talking about the oldest one, 
um, what did you have any type of challenges with her as far as like friends, influence, um, boys? Like, what were some of the things that you had to walk her through? Oh, all of the above. <laughs> um, I told her from an early age, though, as soon as she was starting to have her cycle, so this was even preteen, mm -hmm. I was telling her about the, the ridiculousness of, of boys <laughs> and how terrible. Mm -hmm. Boys are because they <laughs> teenage boys are the worst. They always so when I was growing up, it was always books before boys yes. because boys something. Yes. Yeah, so that was our thing. It's still in my head today that I'm that that's always yeah. been. Yeah, boys are awful, and I only know that because I was a boy. Right. I grew up in church. I was in church four out of seven days a week, mm -hmm. and was you know in the choirs and on the usher board, and I was still a boy. Exactly. Hormones. Yeah. And I wanted the girls, mm -hmm. and I wanted to know what I needed to to know about the girls to get the girls, mm -hmm. and that's what boys do. Right. And so I tried to explain that to her. And help her always see, you know, don't fall for the okie doke, yeah. as my friends would say. You know, make sure that they have a purpose in their life mm -hmm. and that they have a plan beyond just trying to get you to do something to them for them. And you told her that as a preteen. Oh, 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and reiterated it over and yeah. over and over again. And yet, <laughs> still, I could not understand the the conversations that I was still having to have mm -hmm. at 17 and at 19 yeah. even now like yeah. you know we we've talked about this you mm -hmm. know what to expect mm -hmm. so now this is you you yeah. know it ain't it ain't them it's what fool me once shame on me fool, fool shame on you fool me twice that's on you this is shame you four times this is you so that's been the biggest challenge is like getting you to learn from the experiences that you've experienced and not letting those experiences repeat themselves and just having that confidence to, to know who you are and what you represent and reminding you that you are greater and better than a lot of these circumstances and situations that you kind of found yourself in. Yeah, I think that it's easier said than done, especially it when it comes to girls and boys. Um, because sometimes, even though we have the affirmation, confirmation from our parents, especially our father, like, um, I am a dad girl, you know, and um, even though we can have that, there is just still something inside of us that until we get it, that we will continue to repeat those cycles. Mm -hmm. And even though you're thinking like, okay, shame you know fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me no that is that's just that that statement will not work when it comes to girls and dating boys even at 19 even at 21 even at 25 <laughs> like to me i feel like that these experiences that she's experiencing right now are experiences that she's going to keep experiencing until she learned the lesson and able to adjust and pivot. Right. But I feel like that that time doesn't come until her light bulb comes on. And I think like women light bulb come on around 30. I know mine came on around 30. And that doesn't mean that I was dumb in my 20s or mm -hmm. anything like that. I'm just saying like there's a difference when your light bulb come on. When your light bulb come on, 
it's like everything that you learned as a kid growing up starts to make sense to you. Aha moment. It's an aha moment yeah. where you like, wait a minute. And then you like, wait, I did like, wait a minute. Now what? I I allowed him or I took him back or I dealt with this and it's like it's just even, so not, different. Not even just boys though, Kisa. It's even like the it, pure girls. Too. Yeah. Like you letting this yeah. friend of yours. Yeah. It's all of it. Yes, it's all of it. It is all of it. I was used that as an example, but it is all of that. Trust me, it's all of that. Like when the triplets was growing up. So when the triplets was growing up, Mm. which I didn't want to, I didn't necessarily want to get into this yet. But when the triplets was growing up, I was thinking that when they turn 18 and go away to college, that they're grown and I'm pretty much it. Like Mm. now, you just got to go out there. And you right. got to do all the stuff that we taught you. <laughs> right. And they were raised in church. You have to do all the stuff that we taught you and all the stuff that you learned on Sunday and everything that you were taught. Yeah. And it didn't work like that. So I'm like, I'm literally like, okay, they get ready to graduate from high school. Like, yes, <laughs> I did it. Like, yes, now they off into the world, right? And I think, too, I was probably being a little bit biased because I got married at 19 and I moved away. Like, I moved out the state away so maybe I was thinking that they will probably have some of the same things right but it didn't happen like that what ended up happening was once they went to college I still had to be a parent like I still had to guide them through different experiences that I'm thinking that they already know how to handle because they was in high school and we went through some of the same stuff with boys, with friends. They've always, always been an issue with friends being like being um, wolves behind sheep clothing. Oh my goodness, yeah. And you seeing it as a parent, but mm-hmm. they looking like, oh, you do you think you think she's not? And then you can't. So I had to learn that you just can't tell your daughter or your child that their friend is a bad friend. You mm-hmm. kind of like gotta ask questions. So that they can come to the conclusion they self. And even then, sometimes they still don't get it. So then you just got to kind of like watch and then continue to pray. Like I'm always praying about different situations. But I thought that parenthood was pretty much you're done. You're just, you know, they just call you for advice and things like that. But it doesn't work like that because... Now they're in the big they're in the big world. So mm-hmm. now they being ex- they've been exposed to more. So in college, did you go away for college? I went away. Yeah. So when you go away for college, I did not go away for college. I was having three babies at one time. Right. But um when you go away to college, you're exposed to so much freedom. Yeah. So their freshman year in college, I was like I was when I say that number one, I was depressed because the household, I'm used to a loud household. Come on now, it's a, I got four girls, it's me, like we're loud, we're from Chicago, and I'm used to the house being loud. When they went away to school, it got quiet. They all went at the same time, too? Y- yeah. All three so, well, two of them went, two of them went to the same college. The other one, she stayed back and went to a local college. Okay. And then they had was Morgan, but I mean, she wasn't at home. She was, you know, college and spending time with friends and stuff. So it was just me and Morgan and the house was so quiet. So I went through my own period of depression mm-hmm. dealing with and understanding that part. But I wanted to say that I remember me like calling them and like, you know, hey, where y'all at? 
And they like, oh, we out. And I'm like, well, what time you got to be back at the dorm? And they like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't have curfew. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't have curfew? Like, what is going on? And then um, you could have guests in yeah. your room, yeah. like overnight guests. Like, what? That So to me, I was, no, that was not problem. ideal. See, and I was so ready for that stage. I remember when my daughter graduated high school and I said, okay, I've done it. Mm -hmm. So now we get mm -hmm. to be the friends phase. Mm -hmm. You know, we get to like this could yeah. be my, my buddy now. Right. And it's like, oh no, you're still calling me for money. Oh no, <laughs> you still got that friend around. Right. This boy is doing wait, what? what? Right. So that apparently apparently you stay a parent <laughs> beyond right. high school. Yes. And nobody told me that. So nobody told me that. So I based it off basically, you know, like my experience, mm -hmm. how I was, you know, getting married and then moving away. So I was thinking the same way, like they're going to go to college and then they're mm -hmm. going to meet somebody. They're going to get married. They're going to move and have this, you know, fabulous life. But yeah. it just did not work like that. And so I had a wake up call myself because I was like, what in the world is going on? Oh, I didn't know. I mm -hmm. didn't know. This is, I mean, this is my first set, like first set right. of kids. And so I didn't know. I just knew that it was very uncomfortable for me knowing that my daughters had all this access and I was not there to be in control of the situation, which yeah. is something that I dealt with for a very long period of time is being in control and thinking that I can control their situation. And wanting to control their situation, but it would be a point where they wouldn't even answer the phone. Mm. Now, five hours of five hour drive wasn't that long. So <laughs> I didn't have no time no problem like hitting hitting the highway. But it was just those moments where I realized like this is truly where you do have to trust in God. Yeah. Like you have to put like your all your faith in God that the same way He got us through our teenage years, our college years, mm -hmm. through life, that he's going to do the same for our kids. And it's okay for us to, like, take our hands off of them, so to speak, where we're thinking that we're in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I controlled the situation that I would control the outcome. But that didn't work. Because even in high school, that wasn't working. But I didn't realize that in high school, I didn't realize. I just like, okay, well, they're doing teenage stuff that teenagers do. Like, this is what teenagers do. So I'm like, okay. See, but that's the difference, though, because I was a teenager, but I didn't do teenager stuff. Like, I was I was in church a lot. Yeah. So, like, I didn't wild out. I had a car. I had yeah. a job. Mm -hmm. And I was on sports. So as a boy, and again, this is boy, my boydom was I had a cool friend that didn't do drugs, that didn't get into stuff. I had a girlfriend that also went to church. Okay. So we lived in, I lived in a bubble. And I thought that if I raised my daughter mm -hmm. in a similar bubble, yep. it would be a similar outcome. Right, right. Because I just started wilding out to my divorce. So I'm thinking my <laughs> daughter, though, and because I'm giving her all this knowledge that we, that I was good. And my goodness, I was not good. Yeah. I, I was similar. I didn't have a wild out moment because I feel like God was like, nah, before you think you're going to be doing something crazy, let me just hit you with three kids at one time. Pow, pow, pow. There so I didn't have a wild out moment because I always had three kids. So I went mm -hmm. from high school to having three kids and having to just navigate that and become a parent at, uh, at 17. So I didn't have like a wild out moment. So sometimes with even with my triplets, I'll be like, like, I don't, I don't, I can't relate to that. And, and 
So some stuff I'd be like, I can't relate to that. But then there's other stuff I can relate to because I got pregnant at 16 years old. So it's like, okay, so you can relate to boys, you know, mm -hmm. you can relate to that aspect, but mm -hmm. some of the other stuff I couldn't relate to. And even with my daughter now, my 16-year-old, sometimes I'd be thinking like, okay, God, like, what is she, where, like, where is this coming from? Like, where is she getting this from? Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, over the years, like you said, I was raised in church. My daughter was raised in church. And, well, I started going to church when I was a teen, which kind of like was like, mm, y'all should have got me there a little bit before <laughs> teen. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I was thinking with my daughter, like when she starts to go into her um, adolescent years into high school, that because she had older siblings, that some of the things that she saw with them, that she knew like, okay, you know, I'm not going to play with mama, you know, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. And it's like, she still has to experience it for herself. And so I had to learn that. They just have to experience it for themselves, and until they realize and and change and do something different, that's going to come around again and again until they do. And like like I said, to me, I feel like it's when their light bulb actually comes on mm -hmm. that they're able to make the better decision. So my prayer had become, Lord, please let that light bulb come on. Like, yeah. please let that light bulb come on. And it's not saying that they're just making all these bad, terrible decisions. Right, it's just right. that... The light bulb is those moments that's going to help them to make better choices and decisions when it comes to every single thing in their mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to like friends, finances, like all, every category. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's one of the things. With your son, oh, you said your son is 16? 16, yeah. Okay. Has he had a wilding out moment in high school? Unfortunately not. Yeah. And um, I say that jokingly, but no, he's been cool. Like my son is... A lot of my personality, a lot of his mom's personality, okay. it seemed to be a perfect mix, but he seemed to get a really good, he's chill, Yeah. but he's funny. He's the laid back. Yeah, the laid back, chill, funny. My, my daughter is more of the loud, my 19-year-old and well, my 9-year-old too, are more of the loud, funny, the kind of, um, the extra part. Yeah. You know, my, my daughters get the extra from me, real honest. Um, my son gets the cool, kind of laid back, chill side of his mom, mm -hmm. but still my personality, because okay. I'm a lot more funnier than my wife. <laughs> than my so you say. Yeah, oh, definitely <laughs> I am. So um, I, I appreciate that about him. Uh, I, and I've tried, like, to get my daughters to kind of rein it back a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's just, honest, they're just, we're loud, we're, we use our hands and talk and stuff. Yeah. But um, have you, and just as a, as a woman, as a teenager, you've had three, you've got four girls. I'm trying to figure out how to raise my nine-year-old different than I did the 19-year-old and things that I could have done better. Do you ever find yourself doing that with Morgan? Well, I, well, this goes back to like when I had, when I had Morgan, because there was such a large age gap, I would say like as she got older, I felt like that because she was in different environments and experiencing different and I was in a different space mm -hmm. that, oh, I'm doing like, I'm doing good. So now I, you know, now there's not going to be any mistakes. Like she's going to be the child, the golden child, mm -hmm. and she's just going to go through and she's going to be the one that's, you know, going to break generational curses. And that didn't happen that way. And I'm okay with it because I understand that, um, that God wrote the story and that he has a plan. And so I have resolved with knowing that 
no matter what, I did the best I could right. with the information that I had and, and from the experience that I had because I was a baby myself. Like, right. let's just be honest. I was a baby myself when I had three babies at 17. So I was growing up with my kids. So right. I didn't always know the answer or know if I was doing the right thing. I knew that my number one goal was to always protect my kids and make sure that nothing ever happened to them. That was like one of the main things that was my my um, focus point with raising them. And then with Morgan, it was like, okay, I'm in a better space now, so it should be smoother. But it just was. It just doesn't work like that. Right. It just doesn't because there's a plan for everybody. And some experience. And me and my daughter, we was just having this conversation yesterday. My 16 year old, how there are just some things that she has to experience. Yeah that's going to sharpen her character and help help her with her values that she has in life and that's just what it is mm -hmm. and i had to resolve with that i had to learn that i didn't know that when i was 17 raising triplets any of these things that i've learned and once i like i said once i got through um raising them as far as like raising them to adulthood i thought that i knew all the answers <laughs> and then i realized that i did and then i also realized that I could not raise my 16-year-old the same way I raised the triplets. Mm -hmm. And even with the triplets, I couldn't... So each triplet needed something different at, some, at different times. So I had to provide different things to, the trip, to each triplet at different times that they needed. Mm -hmm. And so to this day, they always say, oh, mom, you have a favorite, you have a favorite. But they all say that about each other. It's never just like one favorite. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, y'all don't even realize I don't have no faith. I, like, I truly do not have a favorite. Like, all all y'all are very equal. Now that I have a minor, like, you know, and they're grown, I'm like, now, of course, like, my minor is going to take precedence right. because she's a minor. Like, this mm -hmm. is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm supposed to be providing, taking care of her and guiding her through her challenges and the things that she goes through um but morgan is um very she's very advanced as far as some of the high level conversations that we can have mm -hmm. as as it relates to life yeah. and the bible especially which this is a conversation we was just having yesterday which is why i wanted her on the show <laughs> but she let the headache take her out um, yeah, she'll be back. She'll be back. <laughs> yeah, Get on and I and I probably had the triplets come on too at the end of the season, but um, I wanted her to have on the show because she is just very. She's one of those people that she's very laid back, and sometimes that can like that sometimes can upset her sisters because they like she's just so laid back. Like, does that she get excited? Spirit. Yeah, the nonchalant, yeah. and they not used to that. Right. They're used to always like being emotional, at re reacting and like sharing, and mm -hmm. you know. And Morgan is just quiet, laid back sometimes, and it's not until like mm -hmm. it's something really like urgent for her that she'll be like, ah, you know. <laughs> but other than that, she's really nonchalant and laid back, mm -hmm. and it's okay, you know. That's that's a part of who she is, but. I'm glad that I'm able to have that conversation with her about the Bible and what's going on in life and different things or whatever. And I was like, wow, this is really nice to be able to have um, a 16-year-old where I can have these conversations with mm -hmm. because now I feel like I'm grown. So I, and I will say this, like, so once I, so even with Morgan being younger and once I like kind of got to Texas, I was ready to have another baby because I'm like, I'm where I need to be. Like, I'm like my age, like, like every, I'm where I need to be. So mm -hmm. now I can have a baby. I was like, now I can have a baby. And now when I have this baby, 
this baby's going to have everything they need and want. <laughs> and I felt that way with, with Morgan, too. Like, okay, she's going to have everything she need and want. Mm. But having everything you need and want is not the answer. That's not the answer because everything everything you need and want means that you, you're not going to appreciate um, not having and you're not going to appreciate the fact that it's a cold, cold world out there. Yeah. And I always tell my, like, sometimes even with any of my kids, and they were like, oh, that's not fair. And it's like, this is this is the world that we live in. Yeah. And so I want you all to always be prepared and understand that it's not roses and cream cheesecake out there. It is a cold, cold world, and you got to be able to know how to, to deal with it, adjust with it. Roses and cheesecake would be, it's a great combination. You thought about having another kid? I let me tell you. So I know we're talking about parenting. Part. Let me tell that, that, you. Tell me. So I know we're talking about parenting. So when I first moved here six years ago, today, okay. y'all, like this this episode is being filmed a day after I moved here six years ago on February twenty fifth. So when I first moved here, I was so optimistic about uh -huh. getting remarried, about having another baby. I always wanted a boy. I always wanted a boy. I always wanted to know what that feel like. And I always thought that boys were more simpler than women, than girls because mm -hmm. of like, they don't have to deal with all the extra stuff that women have to deal with, with mm -hmm. body changes and hormones and different things that we go to as it relates to boys. Um, but that didn't happen. So it was two things. Number one, Texas made me realize that um, something's wrong wrong with people because <laughs> I would meet men that didn't want to have any more kids. Yeah. And I'm not talking about men that have a lot of kids. I always meet, so normally I always meet a, a man that has one or two children. Like, that's like the max. So I'm always like, okay, cool. Like, we can have a child, you know. And when I came here, I met a lot of men that had got snipped. I know you was just on Lexi's Love Show, mm -hmm. and you talked about that. Mm -hmm. And I just cannot understand because I'm from the north. Like, they don't do that up north. Like, they just don't. So I'm sh so this is a shock value for me because I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, you got what? And they was like, oh, you can get it laser. But why would you even want them to mess with any parts of your body like that and just take that chance of it not working well? Like, yeah, I don't We'll talk know. about that on the next relationship <laughs> spot. There's so many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons that it's necessary. I almost told him just take it, but anyway, as you were saying, not as you were saying, it. no, just take it away. Just take so, it away. Uh -huh. As long as it don't mean not another kid, take it away. I don't need it. So, so yeah, so um, I I lost my thought, y'all, because <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, there's a reason. So many reasons. Okay, so back to the men. Yeah. So then, and then there will be guys that they just didn't want to have any more kids. Yeah. They had one it. child, and they was done. They All like, right. I'm done. And I I'm just it. like, wow. So yeah. that experience helped me to realize that, okay, I have to resolve with that if I don't have another child, that I'm okay. And if I do, you know, okay. So I did that, and here we are six years later, and I did not have another child, but I did have a grandson that go. has taught me that boys are a different type of energy. Yes, they are. And so I was like, okay, God, I see you. You was, you knew that I wasn't like, you just knew, you mm -hmm. just knew that that wasn't what it was. So 
my grandson is definitely uh, keeping me very active and young, and he's he's yeah yeah he's 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 showing me what it's like to have a son. I mean, he's not my son, but he's my grandson. But he's showing mm -hmm. me what boys are and how they can hit their head and then be rolling again, hit their head, like those type of things where I'm like, what? Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, what happened here? But, um, but, yeah, so when it comes to, like, parenting, I would say that there is no, like, cut and dry answer. Of course, I use the Bible to, to guide me as far as, like, morals. But the, the real-life situations... I can only give them what I have, and mm -hmm. it's them that has to make that choice to decide that, okay, this situation, I'm going to do this, and then this situation, I'm going to do that. And then as they do that, they will, they will grow, yeah. and they will learn from those experiences. So I want to say that this show definitely has been eye-opening as far as me understanding some things about parenting and um, parenting, and we just got into dating. But before I let you all go, I did want to know how has it been when you had the custody of your children after your divorce and you moved to Texas? How was dating life for you? Oh, I did it wrong. I I know now uh, that I would have done things a lot differently. Yeah. So you know, my daughters, my kids. Um, met a lot of the people who I was dating. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I did that. I did that bad. And okay. I did it to where, you know, they would, you know, this is just my friend. This is my other friend. This is my new friend. This is another friend. Okay. But, Dad, what happened to those other two friends from the, oh, those were just friends. Mm -hmm. That's just being friendly and they doing their other friends. Doing their other friends, but being with their other friends. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if to do it all over again, it would definitely have my kid in a bubble as I was, suggested to do that I was being rebellious about and um, definitely wouldn't have introduced them to as many. Yeah. But as far as it didn't hold me back, though, you know, I dated women that had kids. I dated women that didn't have kids. I uh, dated women that wanted kids. And then once they find out about the snip snip, then, you know, let them Oh, so you did else. have somebody that was wanting to have kids, but because Absolutely. you couldn't, they had to walk away. Yeah, they had to go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I can date somebody that has six kids and be comfortable because I love children. I just didn't want to have any more for myself. Mm -hmm. But um, so, yeah, to do it over again, I think that that I don't think and my oldest daughter will say that it didn't contribute to any of the things that mm -hmm. she experienced um, growing up as far as the decisions she made and things like that, because I was introducing friends over Um the one thing that she did say, though, was that she just would have liked more consistency, uh, more sta more stability, yeah. which is what I'm trying to provide mm -hmm. now for the nine-year-old. And by that, you know, I've learned while dating to leave the dating and the kids separated. Yeah. So, you know, my kids don't meet anybody anymore. Um, and then I let that time with my kids be focused on us mm -hmm. and make sure that no others are around yes. so that they can feel their dad's presence mm -hmm. and feel more consistent. Um, so I like yeah. that approach. Um, I think that's how, for the most part, I raised the triplets. Um, like I after from me, your dating life. Mm -hmm. um, so after after I divorced, when I was when I would date, nobody met my kids. Mm. You know, um, for what? Like you know, mm. and then also I learned that if you like for a woman dating. A lot of men, they don't introduce you to their kids. 
And so that's a that had been like one of the things that I was like, well, if you think that you and your kids not good enough hmm. for me to meet, well, how do you think I feel about mine? I feel the same way. So you know, so I had to, I had to really like think about that as well. So what happened was, after I got divorced, and I started dating, nobody met my kids. Nobody like no nobody met my kids everybody met my now kids. when i got <laughs> married a second time when i like when the dating went to serious when yeah. i got married the second time of course they met them because uh we were serious mm -hmm. and um i also needed to know like how he engaged and how he would be with them and how they would be with him and then from there we got married and then after we divorced i went back to the same thing not having anybody around but when I did date somebody, like serious date somebody, I would bring them around. Mm -hmm. And I normally dated somebody at least one year. And that person would be around, so then they would know that person. But I remember it was a guy that I was dating. Well, I knew him from school, but we started dating. And, like, we, you know, met up long, like, years later. And... We he, we started dating. We dated for a year. He met my kids, so he would come over, but nobody spent the night. Mm. So nobody is spending the night. My daughters are not going to see a man going into my room that I'm not married to spending the night at my house. They won't see that. So that part was kept from them because mm. I'm not saying that I never had anybody spend the night. I'm saying that they never saw it. Right. Like never. Like no evidence. Yeah. Like didn't even know like none of that. So I had this one girl that, that tried to <laughs> that tried it real hard though. Like, oh I can just they won't but no, get up and I need you to get out. And yeah. Really? She tried it, man. I don't know why it was so important for her to for them to see her in the morning, but no, you need to go. She so, wanted to probably be like, okay, this is going to solidify our relationship yeah, or what we have going on. No, you need to go. That's right. Yeah. I'm glad you stood, you stood your boundary. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But um, not, I mean, but once it was serious, you know, yeah. there were times, but no, those those flings had to go. But um, I, I can definitely see that point. My version of, from the male father perspective was, my kids knew that both of my best friends were, were women. And okay. so I am always around women. So in my head, they wouldn't think anything of it because dad is always around women. Dad's friends are women, mom, um, grandma, mm -hmm. um, cousins, aunties, always women around. Mm -hmm. So then it wouldn't be a big deal for daddy's friends because daddy always has yeah. women friends. And they don't always put it in a, in a romantic category. Mm -hmm. my, my kids knew better than that. Um, my oldest to this day will say, you know, I just thought that was just another one of your friends. Okay. My son um, probably was hip to it even more, even at a younger age. He was like, nah, dad. That, How did that, that affect one. him, though? Like, seeing seeing you with so many women around you, mm -hmm. does he currently have a lot of women around him, or does he have a good, solid male friendship? Good question. Basketball players, sports, okay. heavily active, so he's around guys all the time. Good. Um, but then, you know, there's the girls that, you know, he still has a little... Because my son is handsome. Oh, my son is handsome. Yeah. So he's going to have the women present. Right. But luckily, he's treats them with respect because he learned that from mm -hmm. me because, you know, we don't disrespect women That's around right. us. That's good. And so, you know, we, we do very well with that. And he does very well with that. Okay. I'm, I'm proud of the way that he um, interacts with women. We don't use the, you know, words out of 
we don't use those words in descriptions of and we don't right. talk about yeah. their appearance and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's, we're, I'm, I'm proud of the respect that he has and that he shows. That's good. Yeah. That's good, especially um, him being 16. So he's really yeah. into, you know, teenage years. So he can take these things that he's learned mm -hmm. into college with him, mm -hmm. you know, um, college. I, so my, my advice to parents is just to always make sure that you are staying prayed up mm -hmm. and that you continue to pray. And there will be times where... Um, you may not be able to control the situation, but if you trust in God and have faith that he's going to be there and that he's in control, that he's the real one is in control, I think that it, it will help people because that has helped me. I know I talked about um, some things from like season one as far as like, you know, having, having adult children. Having adult children is another conversation, I feel like, um, from this conversation because that, like I said earlier, I'm thinking like, you know, as adult children, like, you know, I'm good, like I'm done, I don't have, like, I'm, I'm out of it, like you be on, because those are just different times when I got married, we didn't have cell phones, like we had regular phones in the home, and when we got married, we moved away, far away, and I didn't have any friends or family there. So nobody was popping up, you know, over my house. And I was really pretty much just secluded to my husband and anybody that he was in the service with that would come over. But other than that, that was pretty much it for me um, until we moved back to Illinois to be around family and things like that. But I would say that one of the things that has helped me stay grounded is definitely like just my faith in God and, and parenting. I know that's one of like one of the questions that I always get when people find out that I have triplets. They're always asking me, how did I do it? And that was one of the reasons why I, I wrote the book. But they always asking me, how do I how did I do it? And I'm I really I want to tell them, like, I don't even know how I did. it. <laughs> but the main thing, like I said, was just knowing that I had a God that I believe in and knowing that he had me and that he had my children and knowing that I could go to him, talk to him, pray to him, the things that was concerning me about my children and just continue to do that. And that's a forever thing. Like Absolutely. all parents know, like you're always forever praying, praying for your children and praying blessings on your children and praying that God's will for their life will always just prevail in their life. So that's something that will always be. So that's, one like takeaway or giveaway I would give people is to just make sure you have that component when it comes to being a parent, whether you have adolescents, little children, or they're in high school, just always make sure you stay prayed up for your children and pray for them every single day. Um, as we conclude today's show, I definitely want to tell Javon, thank you for being on the show. We will definitely have to have him back to talk about the snipping and the dating and um, the women that he has dated because that seemed very interesting. Um, we're also <laughs> going to do a Relationship Hotspot special edition show as well. So before I let you all go, any last words, Javon? No, I just am enjoying this podcast that you have. Um, much 
props to you for the success you had raising those you. those girls. Um, I know that it's not easy, especially by yourself, but you did a masterful job there. Um, amazing women. Um, you're an amazing woman. Thank and you. props to you other independent women out there that are out there raising, and the guys too, because, you know, us guys have to be big, bold, and bossy sometimes. So, you know, we, we do what we have to do. But uh, just keep the hope, keep praying, keep your faith, and uh, never give up on your children because they need us um, so much more um, now than ever before. So let's just keep going. Let's keep parenting. Yes, and I think it's very important to make sure that we highlight fathers as well because it's not as common as women, but they are definitely out there, and so mm -hmm. I do want to commend all of you single fathers, unmarried fathers, and even if you are married to the, to the men and women, to the parents that are raising our next future, um, I commend you all. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep learning and growing, and thank you for tuning in to Bold, Bossy, and Blessed podcast. Join me next week as I will have a special guest on the show talking about business and dating. So thank you all for tuning in. Welcome to the Bold, Bossy, and Blessed podcast. I'm your host, Nakisa Green, your conversationalist, where you can join me weekly as I discuss and share parenting, dating, and relationships, one conversation at a time. Now let's get into it.